Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. My name is Levi Bimba, and today we're going to discuss the United States Senate voting to kill babies in the womb. So due to the leaked draft opinion of the Supreme Court of the United States that voted in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade, the uh, edict that caused abortion to be legalized throughout uh, the United States, Democrats in the Senate have voted to put a bill up that would uh, remove pretty much any restriction from women in the country to pursue an abortion. And so they called this bill the Women's Reproductive Health Act. And this bill seeks to remove the oppressive and burdensome restrictions that women had have in, re, in, in regards to pursuing abortion. And it's called, or, or prop, this, this bill was made for uh, reproductive justice. They want justice to be done for women's bodies. And so it really has nothing to do with the babies. This is all about giving, quote unquote, justice to the women who are pursuing uh, an abortion. And I want to read some excerpts from the bill to give you a picture of what is going into the thinking of 49 uh, Democrats, 49 senators of the United States who voted for this bill. And uh, if you know your government, we you know that we have 100 senators, two representing each state. And uh, so almost half of the um, one of the most powerful governing bodies in the United States almost half of them voted to kill babies in the womb. So this is some of the reasoning going into uh, the, the bill that they uh, put forth this past week. Quote, one, here's one of the first excerpts. It says, abortion services are essential health care and access to those services is central to people's ability to participate equally in the economic and social life of the United States. Abortion access allows people who are pregnant to make their own decisions about their pregnancies, their families, and their lives. So just just let that sink in. It says abortion services are essential health care. So according to 49 Democratic senators who are representing half of half of America, almost half of America, they are telling us that killing babies in the womb is an essential health care is essential health care for women. So if you don't have the ability to kill babies, you are not giving women health care. You're you're actually wanting women to die if you don't give them the access to kill babies in the womb who also happen to be girls as well. Another uh, excerpt from the bill says that, quote, reproductive justice requires every individual to have the right to make their own decisions about having children regardless of their circumstance and without interference in discrimination. Reproductive justice is a human right that can and will be achieved when all people, regardless of actual or perceived race, color, national origin, immigration status, sex, including gender identity, sex stereotyping, or sexual orientation, age or disability status, have the economic, social, and political power and resources to define and make decisions about their bodies, health, sexuality, families, and communities in all areas of their lives with dignity and dignity and self-determination. And so they want to give every every individual the right to bring children into the world regardless of circumstance so it really has nothing to do with being raped has nothing to do with incest like they like to like like they like to talk about regarding this issue when we all know that has very little to do uh, with abortions majority of abortions almost 100 percent of them are for convenience or for uh, just the woman's desire to have one and they don't care about the, the consequences to the baby itself they just want to get free from the responsibility of taking care for this child and this is a form of reproductive justice as this bill is saying 
And we're forgetting that women actually have the control of who they sleep with. I mean, again, going back to the basic fundamental issue of where babies come from, that comes from a man or a woman who engage in some form of intercourse, whereby the man's seed fertilizes the egg and it becomes a, a whole uh, new human being from conception. And so to pretend like women don't have the choice of who they're sleeping with is just completely uh, irrational to think about because obviously women have the desire and have the will to sleep with whoever they want to sleep with regarding their male counterparts. And men obviously have the desire to do so as well. So to pretend as if they don't have uh, self-determination, as the bill says, is a, is a lie. We're, we're pretending as if you know, women just get pregnant out of nowhere and, and then they have to make a, a tough decision re regarding whether or not they're going to kill the baby or keep the baby. Another excerpt from the bill says the terms woman and women are used in this bill to reflect the identity of the majority of people targeted and affected by restrictions on abortion services and to address squarely the targeted restrictions on abortion, which are rooted in misogyny. So if you are telling a woman that she doesn't have the right to kill her baby, you are a misogynist. You actually just hate women if you're telling women don't go get an abortion. But the other fundamental issue is that they, because they don't have a set worldview, they don't have a, a fixed worldview, it's always changing, it's always inconsistent. Um, they, they may now have to kind of redefine women and try to incorporate women that are not actually women. And it goes on to say that this act is intended to protect all people with the, with the capacity for pregnancy. There's only one type of people with, a, with one type of person with a capa capacity for pregnancy, and that's a woman. Uh, men can't get pregnant. Men can't have menstrual cycles, even though that's what we're, what, that's what we're being told by uh, the elites within academia. But uh, this bill, this act says, this act is intended to protect all people with the capacity for pregnancy, cisgender women, which is just a natural woman, natural born women, transgender men, which is a woman who thinks that she's a man or is trying to be a man, non-binary individuals, uh, just uh, again, a woman who doesn't want to <laughs> tell herself that she's a woman or a, or a male. So I don't know what, what they are. And uh, those who identify with a different gender and others. So. All these different titles is just regarding women, natural born women who have eggs, who have a uterus, uh, who have a womb. All, all, all of these different titles are just women that God has ordained to be women for the sake of bringing children into the world. Or if God wasn't giving them children, then it was just for the sake of teaching other women how to love their children, love their husbands, as we talked about, as it says in the New Testament. And uh, so and the bill says that the, these people are unjustly harmed by restrictions on abortion services. So, again. Just so we're clear, abortion is killing a baby, sometimes by slitting the back of its throat or sometimes by stucking, sticking a, a, a knife in, the, in its, its, its head and sucking out its brain uh, or sometimes it's cutting um, up a baby or pulling it out piece by piece. So this bill is trying to not uh, bring unjust harm on the women uh, who are going to bring their children to the slaughter for the most part. So it continues and it says many abortion specific restrictions do not confer any health or safety benefits other than the health and safety of the baby who is going to be murdered. Instead, these restrictions have the purpose and effect of unduly burdening people's personal and private medical decisions to end their pregnancies by making access to abortion services more difficult, invasive and costly, often forcing people to travel significant distances, significant distances and make multiple unnecessary visits to the provider and in some cases foreclosing the option altogether. 
I mean, the way it's written, it's making the women sound like she's the victim of these abortion restrictions that are just causing them to be burdened and they're making it so difficult and invasive and costly and it's, it's impeding on privacy because these women want to go kill their babies. And so people who care about the babies that are being killed shouldn't have a say in the matter because you're just bringing more burden, more stress and making it difficult for them to go kill their children. And this is what the bill's trying to stop from happening. We, the, 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 this bill is designed to not to make abortion easy. It's, it's to make abortion uh, without any kind of barrier. And they wants it to be easy and as simple as going to take a pill. They don't want you to have any restrictions on the women who are trying to go kill their babies and the men, again, who are involved in this process and knowingly are engaged in driving their girlfriends, their wives, their mothers, whoever, to go have an abortion. Uh, and so this bill went on to say that it wants to remove restrictions for seeking advice from a facility that doesn't provide abortion. So some states have made a law where you have to go to a different facility that doesn't provide an abortion for some kind of advice, some kind of counseling before you go pursue an abortion. And they want to remove that restriction. They don't even want you to get any kind of uh, teaching, any kind of uh, explanation from the other side regarding why it may be a better idea to keep the baby or try to uh, deliver the baby, give the baby up for adoption, or some other course of action other than just killing the baby and moving on with your life. They don't want you to go to even question or even talk to somebody else who doesn't provide abortions at a different facility. They also want to remove restrictions on, on abortions that have a viable fetus if the woman's life and health are in danger, but it's never defined exactly a woman's health or life in the bill. It's not really defined what does that mean, because that health could mean it's going to be undue mental stress on a woman because you have to bring a child into the world and take care of it. And so they don't really delineate or really define what they mean by women's life and health are in danger. So that's really open to interpretation. And even in the bill, it says that this bill should be this bill could be should be construed by uh, different courts, by the courts, that uh, it can be open to the most liberal interpretation of what it means regarding the, the acts or the edicts in this bill. Uh, the bill also talks about how it wants to remove restrictions on providing a reason for abortion. So. There, that, and that really strikes at the conscience of the issue, where a woman is going in and says, I want to have an abortion. The doctor would ask her, you know, why do you want to do this? Or the counselor there was asking her, why do you want to do this? They want to make, they, they voted on this bill to make it where a woman does not even have to provide a reason. She just goes to the doctors or, or to the abortion provider, the, the baby, the, really the baby murderer, and says, I want to kill this baby. And the baby murderer doesn't even have to ask her why she wants to do it. She, she, uh, the, the baby murderer just has to do it and, and does it. And no questions asked. You go in, you kill the baby, you leave and go, go to lunch. Pretty much is what the process is uh, designed to do. This, this, that's what the bill is design, designed to do. And finally, in this bill, uh, I wanted to read one more quote where it says, Nothing in this act shall be construed to authorize any government to interfere with a person's ability to terminate a pregnancy. To diminish in any way negatively affect a person's or to diminish or in any way negative negatively to affect a person's constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy or to displace any remedy for violations of the constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy so first of all it says it doesn't want anybody any government to interfere with the person's ability to kill their baby so no government no state government no local government no county city any level of government they want to remove anything that would seek to uh, take away the woman's right to kill the baby and even further than that it says they don't even want any kind of diminishing or negative effect on the person's constitutional right to terminate a pregnancy so they, they don't want any kind of uh, contradiction to what is going on regarding killing the baby and then thirdly they don't want anything to displace 
or any other violations that could come that could come against this right to a pregnancy. So they were just trying to completely remove anything that would seek to uh, to discourage or to diminish or to even um, make a woman think about what she's doing when she's going to kill this baby. And I think, and you see this this kind of reaction because of the anger uh, people have and wanting to protect this sacred right that they think is sacred to them. That, I mean, the fact that they want to kill babies and it's risen to the level of this is uh, a, a right, this is a human right, this is a good thing for us to have to kill babies. It shows that I think God's judgment, God's judgment really is on display in the minds and hearts of not just Americans, but of many people around the world who are in agreement with this kind of thinking. So uh, Hugo Gurdon wrote an article regarding the, the anger of Democrats and, and people who really are in alignment with them regarding the, uh, the, the murder of babies and the right and the, the right, the so-called right to kill babies. And he writes an article titled The, the Unbearable Rightness of Being a Democrat. And some of the expert excerpts from the article, he says, top Democrats keep emailing me to tell me how angry they are. They're asking for money and people apparently donate more of those seeking handouts are in a rage. I mentioned recently that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi asked me for support on the grounds that she was made sick to her stomach by originalist Supreme Court justices moving to overturn the constitutional right to abortion. He, go, he goes on to say, on the left, anger is, as, is seen as self-justifying. Fury is its own excuse. If you're throwing a fit, you must be right. Range or rage or, na or nausea make your argument unassailable. So he's making the case that on the left side of the political aisle, and I think just naturally born sinners, as soon as you somebody confronts you in your sin or, or confronts you doing something that you hold as sacred, even though it's sinful, uh, you're going to get angry. And you think that you're getting angry, you're lashing out at the person, is really justifying your reaction, is, is really justifying uh, your sin. Because you're so angry, you're so upset that you're not going to give really clear, rational reasons for what you're doing. But the fact that somebody's even confronting you is making you upset and that thereby it justifies your, your anger and your rage. He goes on to say, this exactly fits Alan Bloom's uh, landmark 1987 analysis, The Closing of the American Mind. He saw that university leftism was dragging America into a sort of anti-rational imbecility that displaced reason with emotion. And he noted that civilization, or to say the same thing, education, is the taming of the soul's raw passions. He added, Indignation or rage was a vivid passion characterizing those in the grip of a new moral experience. So instead of engaging in adult thinking, instead of engaging in rational, reasonable uh, conversation and, and defense of what you're doing, you just engage in emotion. You engage in rage and anger and not even wanting to hear the other side of the argument, which the Bible talks about how if you, not, if you already answer a matter before you hear it, it's folly and shame unto you. And so this is, but this is a natural bend of people who are, or who don't want to retain God in their, in their knowledge. You don't want to uh, accept the truth of what the baby is inside of, inside of them. Uh, he goes on to write, These passionate militants graduated to run the Democratic Party and send me fundraising emails. There is an adamantine chain of causation between their emotional preening and the urge to violence that recently re produced the firebombing of a pro-life anti-abortion organization's headquarters in Wisconsin. If you're a left-winger, you can lob Molotov cocktails at people whose opinions you dislike and feel self-righteous about it. And this is true regarding all of us, because anger is a natural response of man to hearing truth that condemns his sin. That's what we do when somebody confronts us in our sin, 
And even as Christians, we can get angry and people confront us, just as David did. He got super angry when Nathan came and told him about a guy who had taken a, a sheep from a person who's, who only had one sheep and the guy had many sheep. So the rich man went and took that poor man's sheep. And when David heard that story, he was super enraged at the guy and even wanted the guy, I think, to die or suffer some severe punishment. And, but David, being the godliest man, he was blind to his own sin and blind to his own, uh, re his own uh, reality that what he had done was to murder somebody's wife or murder somebody's husband and take his wife. Uh, we see another example of this in the New Testament when Stephen, one of the early early church um, evangelists, was, was preaching and, and trying to convert and trying to um, you know just live out the gospel as he has been saved and he was given the ability to do miracles and preach the gospel and many were coming to faith. And the religious leaders attacked him and, and arrested him and, and told him to stand trial for what he had done. And he gave a summary of the history of Israel regarding uh, Abraham and all the way to Solomon. And he ends with this scathing rebuke in, in, the, in Acts chapter 7 where he says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before, the, before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye, now, ye have now been the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the disposition of disposition of angels and have not kept it. And here's listen, listen to the response as he attacks their sin for refusing to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah and even going so far as to kill him and to persecute his followers. This is a response. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And this is what happens when you confront sinners in their sin. This is what is going on in our culture right now with all the protests going on regarding the quote-unquote right to kill babies in the womb. They don't even want to hear anybody confronting their sin. They don't want to hear anybody talking about how it's evil, how it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wrong in the eyes of God to kill a baby within the womb. They don't even want to see uh, the signs that are showing what a, what an aborted baby looks like, what a, what a child who was made in the image of God, who has just been desecrated and murdered and, and completely uh, rather having their brains sucked out of their head or having their body pulled out limb from limb. People don't even want to see those posters. They don't, they don't want to see the, the other side. They don't want to listen to the other side. They just want to shout, shout the, the other side down. And so this is, but this is the response of, uh, of natural man to truth. When you hear the truth regarding your sin, you get angry, you get, you get defensive, and you don't want to hear uh, the other side. You don't want to hear what is being said because it is just going to convict you, and your sin is, uh, is just going to be exposed for all to see, and you don't want that. As Jesus said, evil men don't want to come to the light because their deeds would be exposed as evil. But uh, when the Spirit of God moves upon your heart, when you do hear the truth, you get softened. You want to actually hear more of it, and you want more of it because the truth is life to you. The truth is uh, really embodied in Jesus Christ, and you want more of Christ, and you want more of the truth. So those who want the truth, they want more of Christ. And so if you want Christ, you will want more of the truth. And the only way that you can want the truth and hear the truth in a way that will bring you to a place of repentance and, and humility is by the Spirit of God convicting you and bringing you into relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's really the goal of exposing people to the truth, exposing sin, is to bring people in a relationship to Jesus Christ so that they can know him and serve him as Lord and Savior. And so thank you for listening today. I want to remind you that we have a, uh, another installment of our Do List View. I'm interviewing one of my 
best friends from, you know, for probably half of my life, Jeremy Juleson, who just recently celebrated bringing another a child into the world with his wife, Dania. But he'll be on The Doulas View this coming Sunday, and I uh, hope you tune in and view it on YouTube, on Facebook, or you can download it as a podcast. And But uh, I hope you enjoy listening to it, listening to his testimony, how God saved him, and uh, how he is now being able to serve God and, and know him through the light of his word. So tune in for that next Doulas View, Jeremy Juleson, and I will see you on the next episode of Doulas.